Welcome to the Kotke Ride Home for Wednesday, February 10th, 2021. I'm Jackson Bird. Do all of these UV light virus-killing appliances really work? The mystery of the purple flower photo that has accounted for nearly 20% of all Wikimedia Commons traffic since last summer. And it's been 10 years since Friday by Rebecca Black debuted to Collective Cringe on YouTube. To celebrate, Rebecca Black is back with a remix. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. We're many, many months from the time of sanitizing any groceries or packages that came into the house. You know, we now know that's not the main way COVID-19 spreads, but I know that period of time instilled a few habits in myself, you know, matters of cleanliness or sanitizing that I probably should have been doing more often or more sufficiently anyways, especially regarding devices like my phone and smartwatch. Fortunately, there are now tons of appliances on the market that claim to kill viruses and bacteria on the surface of otherwise tough-to-clean devices using the power of ultraviolet light. But do they really work? Is it just a gimmick? And if they at least kind of work, what should you look out for and what are the best practices? Wired UK recently answered all of these questions and more. So first, some information on UV light. Quote, Like the light we can see, UV light is split into different colors depending on the wavelength of the light. UVA, UVB, and UVC. UVA, which has the lowest energy and longest wavelength, is responsible for skin aging. The longer the wavelength, the deeper they penetrate, but they're not as energetic, so they're not as destructive, says Clive Beggs, Emeritus Professor of Physiology at Leeds Beckett University. UVB sits in the middle, causing sunburn and skin cancer, while UVC, the highest energy UV light, is what marketeers are talking about when referring to virus-killing UV. Sunlight contains UV, but UVC is filtered out by the Earth's ozone layer, leaving only the lower energy UVA and UVB. While sunlight has been shown to kill viruses, its effect varies strongly from season to season. To generate UVC light on Earth, mercury lamps and, more recently, LEDs are used. The UVC light from these breaks apart the genetic material in viruses. This genetic damage scrambles the genetic code, stopping the virus from replicating. End quote. And lest you think this is a pandemic-inspired or even 21st century trend, UVC light as a form of disinfection dates back at least to the 1930s, when William F. Wells used it to reduce the transmission of measles by installing it in the upper rooms of schools. But that and other methods used throughout the century for other diseases weren't shining the UVC light onto the kids' heads. It was installed above their heads to disinfect the air and to prevent harming them because UVC light is actually harmful to humans. It can cause skin burns, eye damage, and lead to cancer. So you've got to be careful with any device that you're using. Now, many of them are fully enclosed, so you don't need to worry, and some are being built with auto-off functions so that they perceive an object moving under its light. But there are plenty out there without those safety features, so it is best to stay vigilant. And you also need to know how much light and how long is effective. For example, shorter wavelengths require longer for the virus to be killed. Now that said, studies have shown UVC light is effective on COVID-19. 
Generally, scientists agree that SARS-CoV-2 acts the same as other viruses and bacteria when it comes to UVC disinfection, though not a ton of studies have been done on it specifically, since the facilities required to do so are very expensive. But one study did show that poorly ventilated rooms could benefit from that same upper room air disinfection method William Wells used in the 1930s, and that with that method, 90% of SARS-CoV-2 particles were deactivated. There was also a study published in the Journal of Hospital Infection that showed UVC sterilization was effective on N95 masks. But, so, if you are going to invest in some UVC disinfecting tech for your home, what is the best way to use it? First, be aware that the UVC light will only sanitize what the light can reach. So, for example, if you're using an enclosed phone cleaner that you set your phone into, you need to flip your phone over and do the whole process twice to sanitize the whole phone. And, quoting again, any lip or edge that might block the light will reduce the effectiveness of these UV sanitizing cases. Even a small scratch can appear like a 100-meter canyon on the scale of the virus. Any dust, dirt, or grime on the surface can also block the UVC light, reducing its effectiveness. Both the European Center for Disease Prevention and Control and the World Health Organization recommend a two-stage process of cleaning. Remove dirt, dust, and grease, then disinfect for most effective removal of viruses. End quote. And as for picking a device, there's a ton on the market right now for so many different uses. Cases, charging cases, desk sanitizers, air purifiers with UV, UV wands, but not all of them are created equally. Make sure you're doing your research, look for products that have been independently tested, and pay attention to the instructions on how long an item should be exposed to the UV light for it to actually be effective. So yes, UVC light does work for disinfecting, and it's not new information, but if you're looking for home use, you have to know what you're doing, both to stay safe and to get any of the benefits. There's an ordinary photo that has been getting a lot of attention. Like, a lot of attention. And people aren't sure why. Usually, when a photo goes viral, so to speak, it's because it's funny, or salacious, or just plain bizarre. But this photo is simply of a purple daisy in a field of grass. It looks like something that would have been a desktop background choice on Windows XP. The photo was taken in The Hague in the Netherlands back in 2004, and a version of it currently lives on Wikimedia Commons, where, for some curious reason, it has been getting roughly 78 million hits a day since last summer, mostly from India. That accounts for about 20% of all data requests on the site. But why? In a Wikimedia forum discussing the conundrum, theories ranged from an Indian health conglomerate named Aster, also the name of the genus of flower the daisy belongs to, perhaps using the image in its app or website, to an online coding class that used the photo becoming particularly popular, because several on the forum said it looked like a photo they had seen in their own coding courses. But there was also this, quoting Rest of World, Many online commenters noted that the purple flower had been used in sample code on sites like Stack Overflow, a question-and-answer forum for programmers. They theorized that an app developer may have accidentally copied and pasted one of the samples and forgot to remove a link to the photograph. Using code snippets from Stack Overflow is a common strategy among developers around the world. 
It appears to be a classic case of hot linking, said Michael Donahoe, head of product at Rest of World. Hot linking is when a website displays an image by linking to the original site where it's hosted instead of uploading it separately. The practice allows the site borrowing the picture to avoid using their own server space. That's why Wikimedia is forced to handle the requests to the flower photo. As I'm sure you've gathered, people often do it by mistake, copy-paste code without knowing what it does. When done by a developer, it's usually sloppy coding and doesn't look good, Donahoe explained, end quote. The hot linking seemed to be the leading theory, but then the sleuths realized another piece of the puzzle. The spike from hundreds of hits a day to millions started on June 29th, 2020, the very same day that the Indian government blocked a number of apps created by Chinese developers, most notably TikTok. So the theory goes that one of the several TikTok competitors that people flocked to after the ban may have included a link to this flower photo in its code somewhere. Now, we, the public, don't know which app specifically it is yet, but Sukhbir Sang, an engineer at the Wikimedia Foundation, said they have identified it and are waiting to hear back from the developers before releasing the name. And quoting once more, Seng added that Wikimedia couldn't find the image anywhere in the app itself, confirming our theory that it fetches the image but does not display it. In other words, every day, millions of phones are sending traffic to a beautiful photograph of a flower, but no one is able to actually witness its beauty. It's like a weird version of the butterfly effect, except for throwaway code. End quote. On this day, 10 years ago, the world was blessed or cursed with a 3 minute and 47 second treatise on arguably the best day of the week. I'm talking, of course, about Rebecca Black's viral hit, Friday. After simmering in the infinite land of barely-watched YouTube videos, whose view counts sometimes have an inverse correlation with how offbeat they are, Black's video took off when it was tweeted out by MST3K co-host Michael J. Nelson. It quickly propelled to 166 million views before being taken down due to legal disputes between the production company and Black's family and took the world by storm that summer, with most people agreeing with Nelson that it was, quote, the worst video ever made. Well, after dealing with the entire world spewing hate towards her 13-year-old self, even having to leave school due to bullying, Black quietly turned her viral moment into a decent career as a YouTube creator, making consistent videos and releasing subsequent, much better songs over the past decade. I say quietly because while she's a regular fixture among major YouTube influencers and has had several moments in the spotlight, including making the Billboard charts a few more times, I'm willing to bet most people have no clue that she's been out there cranking out content ever since her initial brush with fame. And because she's managed to remain a pretty level-headed, down-to-earth person who refuses to be eternally punished or shamed for something that she was a part of when she was 13. She's responded to her viral video numerous times with reaction videos, interviews, Q&As, and even follow-up songs like her 2013 Saturday in collaboration with Dave Days. 
But today, on this 10th anniversary, even though it's not Friday, she has just released the ultimate follow-up, a Friday remix and music video featuring bounce rapper Big Fridia, alt-pop musician and one of my personal faves, Dorian Electra, and crunkcore duo 303, who, honestly, I haven't thought about since their own over-10-year-old hit, Don't Trust Me. NME describes the remix as a hyperpop maximalist makeover, which I think is the best way to describe the experience for sure. It's sped up with a pounding club bass and extremely pitched up vocals. For the most part, I think that's just the vibe it's going for, one that producer Dylan Brady of 100 Gex is known for. But I can't help wondering if the scorched vocals are in part a response to the overly auto-tuned original. Because so much of it is an intentional throwback, at once nostalgically referencing and making fun of with a knowing wink, while also showing how both Black and the rest of us as an internet culture and society have changed over the last decade. You've got a bunch of visuals or motifs from the original video, mixed with a lot of early 2010s cultural touchstones like, you know, rage comics. And Black's appearance couldn't be further from the purple tank top she wore as a preteen in 2011. For the remix, she's dressed in a latex leotard with huge nails, spiked bracelets, and a chain belt. And, you know, apart from powerfully owning her own sexuality, I'm sure that stark comparison was part of the point. The video is also laden with F-bombs, and the overall club vibe is showing that this is a song and an artist who has grown up. Speaking of which, you may remember one crucial question asked of the original song. Kickin' in the front seat, sittin' in the back seat, gotta make my mind up, which seat can I take? Well, now legal to drive, Black answers that question by sitting confidently in the driver's seat, with her certified gold single for the original Friday in the front seat, which, you know, flex. There are images of Black's younger self sprinkled throughout the video, making it a very clear declaration of both owning her past, something Black has always done, and showing that she's grown up and not that same kid. Now, you may hate me for this because it is an absolute earworm, but here is a quick clip of the remix so you get a bit of what I'm talking about. Whether it's to my taste or not, I am infinitely here for young adults who got thrust into digital fame as kids now reclaiming their own agency. Whether it's kids of influencers refusing to be on camera, kids from reality shows opening up about the abuse they faced, or young viral stars spinning the vortex of hate and fame that was shoved on them into a new career on their own terms. You know, we've seen for generations how child stars from traditional media burn out after all the pressures and abuses they face. Viral stars and kids whose parents don't know how not to share every intimate moment of their child's life on social media are starting to grow up, and we get to see how they're taking back the reins. For some of them, that means retreating to a quiet life in any way they can. For others, especially those for whom their fame was so huge they literally can't get an ordinary job— it means remaking themselves in the public eye, 
but no longer stuck in the backseat being pulled along in someone else's ride, now taking full control in the driver's seat. Well, that is it for today. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and Kotke.org. I am Jackson Bird, and I'm going to go check in on the script I built to download an obscure flower photo from Wikimedia Commons several million times a day. I hope you are having a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you again tomorrow.